So this is what everybody's been looking at on their televisions. Um, and I don't know what we hope to accomplish by watching this on our television, but if you're like me, you feel desperate. You feel like, Lord, how much longer? How much longer will we see people die? And this kind of, just, it's ugly and awful, and it's, it, it grieves my heart. And it's interesting as people, our flesh wants people to pay. We want them to pay for all the things that they've done. No matter which side you're on, I want you to pay. And, and we get into a space where we, we want justice, and yet, last time I checked, Jesus is calling us to pray for mercy. It doesn't mean that we're not, our hearts aren't wired for justice. But I'm praying for mercy. I'm praying for Jesus to show up in the dreams of people in this area of the world, on whatever side they're on or whatever they're doing, only, as, as my friend Gaylord says, only the cross of Jesus will be a place of peace for this. And so we're praying. And I want to remind you of this little verse in Ephesians. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. But it's against the rulers and the against the authorities. These are two of the words that we're going to see in our Colossians 2 passage today and next week as well. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What's happening right now in the Middle East is a spiritual battle. It's manifesting itself through actual physical battle with people. But this is about the demonic the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that you would have life and life to the fullest. So no matter what you're saying about the Middle East, this is what you're seeing. You're seeing the enemy of our soul come after us and do what he does best, and that is bring death and destruction. And these words for rulers and authorities and powers of the dark world, these are all words for spiritual beings that are ruling and reigning in the heavenly realms. By the way, those of you who have been reading our Unseen Realm book um, and you haven't joined the, the chat, the text thread, um, this would be the time because I know we're going to meet up next Sunday and chat a little bit more about it. So just a reminder but this is the kind of stuff that we're reading about in books like this. It says there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than we think. Sometimes we think, well, it, you, know, it, you know, somehow because we're in this place, every, we're safe and, and we don't have any kind of impact from the enemy. That's just not true. This whole idea of good and evil, uh, my son is in a, a theater show right now called Jekyll and Hyde. And uh, he's the lead, and so I'm watching him have this struggle of good and evil even within his character. It's a little dark, by the way, if you choose to go see it. Just warning. And, um, but Jekyll's whole idea is if, if he somehow chemically can minimize the evil in his life, he will be better. And obviously, if you know the story, this is from 1886. It goes horribly wrong, and he ends up becoming very bad and murdering people and all the death and destruction of the enemy. But this 
this good and evil struggle, sometimes we think about it as like, well, here's the good side and here's the evil side and they're kind of evil, they're kind of even and I hope it all works out. This is not biblically true. Jesus is infinitely more powerful than all these other spiritual forces. It is not close. In fact, our book we're studying right now, Colossians 1, says that he created all things, he meaning Jesus, in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible. <laughs> Paul's like, just make sure. You're going to get it all, right? That's everything. That's heaven, earth, visible, invisible. It's all covered. He created it all. Whether, and then he's specific, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities. There's our words again, rulers and authorities. These spirit beings. He created them. And in fact, they're held together by him. He's the one that's even, they don't even exist without him holding everything together. And so this enemy of our soul, which Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, is the God of this age, has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. When I watch people who are far from Jesus just go crazy and do whatever, I think to myself, they are trying their very best to try to make their way through this world, and they are going through blind because the enemy has blinded their eyes. I don't expect people who don't follow Jesus to follow Jesus' rules. Do you? I think some of you do. Some of you are like, I don't know why they're doing that. Because Jesus isn't their boss, right? I, I wouldn't imagine that you would be concerned about what my boss says about your life. The district superintendent of the Central Pacific District has no authority in your life, not really, right, to tell you exactly how to live your life because he's not your boss. In the same way, I think sometimes we look at people in our city and we're unwilling to bless them because they're not serving the same boss, but they desperately need a blessing. I was thinking about spiritual warfare this week. It's where we are in Colossians. And thinking about there's three things that we struggle with as Jesus followers. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Where does this come from? Glad you asked. Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Because of our sin, we were separated from, from God. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world... And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, fancy word for Satan or the enemy of our soul. The spirit who's now at work and those who are disobedient. And all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the third thing, the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. In other words, our sin has separated us from God and we deserve to be separated forever unless we get reconciled to God through Jesus, who came to earth, died on the cross, rose again to offer us life to the fullest if we choose it. So these three things are the things that we struggle with. Well, everybody's doing it. The world, the ways of the world. It's easy for us to get sucked into the flow of the world or being squeezed into the mold of the world. If you want to take a look at, at that paraphrase of uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, God's word says, right? So the ways of the world will, will tempt you to follow its, its ways. 
the enemy of your soul is going to tempt you. If he tempted Jesus, he's definitely going to tempt you. But no temptation has overtaken you and as such as common demand. God is faithful. He'll always provide a way of escape so that you can stand up in the midst of temptation. But you will be tempted by the enemy of your soul. Last one, the cravings of our flesh. I just want to do whatever I want to do. I want to eat the whole cake. So bad. If one slice is good, 20 will be better, right? How does that end up for me? Not well, right? And so many other things where we're tempted to just gratify our flesh. So in the midst of this, I've just been praying this week, Lord, what is it that you have for your church as we're going through Colossians, as we're wrestling through things in the world? And he keeps pointing me back to Ephesians 6, the idea of the armor of God. And we're not going to go through all of that this morning, but I want to just go at the very end of the list. He's talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I was here early and heard the worship team playing this song. And I thought about this little tool that I have in my office. It's wooden. Don't worry. No one's going to die. But I have many metal ones if you want to come see my collection in my office. Um, this one is cool because it says the battle belongs to the Lord. And this was given to me. And it's, it's just beautiful. It's all wooden, wood carved and has a leather hilt handle. And I think sometimes we forget this. We think that somehow we got to power up and we got to show the world. Um, but our battle's not against flesh and blood. Every time we power up, we just look, we don't look like Jesus. So what does it look like for us to actually take this sword? And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the fact that, do you know that when the Bible was written, all those little numbers and the chapter headings weren't there? They weren't. Hundreds of late years later, some really kind people put those in. And I, I'm thankful to them. I'm sure we'll hang out in heaven and we'll have some conversations about what I liked and what I didn't like about their work. But these little numbers aren't there. So I always ask myself, how do I use the word of God as a weapon, right? Because the armor of God, this is the only offensive weapon that's listed. All the rest of them are defensive. So how do you use the word of God as a weapon? Well, I'm, I'm sure that there's lots of different answers. But here's what I'm thinking this morning. That that little number and that period is not there. Which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So what if we were praying God's Word as a weapon to change things in our world? What if this was what will turn the tide? That our real battle happens on our knees. That feels weak to you as an American. Gotta, gotta fight. Yeah, you fight by asking the one who has the power to actually win the battle. Not by complaining. Not by complaining. Not by complaining. It's the opposite of thanksgiving that we're supposed to be walking in and praying with. Grumbling and complaining. Instead, shining like the stars of the universe. That's what Paul says. So, 
I saw this quote from one of my heroes, C.S. Lewis. This is one of like the 18 covers for mere Christianity. They just keep changing them because they think it's going to be more fancy, but it's still the same text. He says, enemy-occupied territory, that's what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. And you might say landed in disguise. And he's calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. So how do we have a great campaign of sabotage? That's the question. And I'm here to answer it. By the way, this message is a backwards message brought to you by Neighborhood Church. Doing the application first and the passage later. Don Rogers, come on up. All right. So, like the resistance in World War II, I have some resistance fighters that are fighting with me. And this is uh, one of our resistance fighters. He has, he has a mission Tell us about what, why 530 Pray. Give us the why first. Absolutely. Hello, neighborhood family. So, 530 Pray. It's about how might we partner with the Holy Spirit to help release kingdom culture into our NorCal people and land. And so, we're thinking beyond ourselves. We're thinking in this entire region that expands from the Oregon border over to the Nevada border, clear down to Lake Tahoe in this inland valley has about a million point two people in it, over 20 counties. And we share a lot of things in common. We are all struggling with how to live in this region that has a lot of complexities, a vast area, being able to pray a blessing over our agriculture and our natural resources, over our small businesses and governance, over our families and education over media and the arts, over healthcare and recreation, different things that we hold in common, different things that we interact with on a daily basis. We're not operating outside of a vacuum here. We are looking for opportunities to speak life and blessing over the things that make a difference in our lives. Not just if we are Christians, but also for the people, the vast majority of people outside of this dome who do not know Jesus, but yet struggling with the same things that we hold near and dear as well. And so opportunities to speak life over our different community members, different segments, whether it's families and having strong and healthy marriages and having kids that are safe and healthy and flourishing in schools or our small business sectors that are struggling how to figure out how to interact in this day, age of regu- this, uh, day and age of regulation and rising costs praying for our government to be effective and to steward well the resources they have at hand, praying for the hidden people in our communities like our First Nations that are spread around this community and calling them into a new season of hope. So this is what we're about. And we invite you to partner with us because these are things that are vital to our health and well-being. Things that can make a difference. Not just complaining, but speaking life and blessing Come on. over our communities, plural. Over our counties, plural. Over the people that reside here. Over the business sectors. Over all the different elements of our community. 
So we invite you to come in and pray for our 530 area code. It's not a time of day, like 530 in the morning. Please, no. It's actually coming in at noontime on Wednesdays and being able to see how we might partner together. Yep. It's too bad you're not passionate about this, Donnie. A little bit. A A little bit. And we have a vision to see this grow. (laughs) We have a vision to see this grow, not just here in this community, but in the different communities that are arrayed around this region of Northern California. Yep. Thanks for carrying this banner. Appreciate you. One more thing. Oh, one more thing. Okay, so Andrew was talking about this whole thing of the battle belongs to the Lord and about not just complaining, but speaking life over things. This week, we are actually praying a blessing over the weather patterns in our NorCal region. Come on. Now, here's something you may not know. So down in Southern California, they have the Santa Ana winds. And you've seen the news reports about how the Santa Ana winds whip up the fires. Do you know what the winds are called in Northern California? Anybody? They're called the Diablo winds. And they call the winds in October the Diablo winds. That is not acceptable. That's right. Our Father created the winds. He created the waves. And Jesus said, peace, be still. And so we have the opportunity because we are not the tail. We are the head. That's right. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. We have the opportunity to speak peace over the weather patterns in this region. Are you with me? Yeah. Some of them are with you. Okay. Come out this Wednesday. Let's do this. Right here in the fellowship hall, 12 to 1. It's one hour. It's one hour of prayer, and it's a great time. Um, Other things that are going on. We just did the 10 days of prayer. How many people uh, took part in that? Great, great, great. Um, So as a leadership team, we gathered this week and said, Lord, what's next? Where do we go? How do we steward this increase of passion and interest for prayer? Because we believe this is the key for God to move in this next season. Like, this is it. Once a month, the whole city of Chico gathering up for prayer and worship. It will be the first Sunday night of every every month starting in January, all right? So you'll hear, you've got a little bit of time before this happens, but January 7th we'll launch, and then the first Sunday night of every month, the city will gather, and uh, we really believe that the Lord is going to do a powerful, powerful thing in our midst, and the pastors are really excited about it, which is great. Um, sometimes it's hard to get people to sign up for prayer, as it turns out, uh, because they don't understand that prayer is actually really exciting. Uh, And one of the things that makes it exciting is when you track whether it was effective or not. So I'll leave that there for now. Papa G, come on up. This is Gaylord Enns. He is my friend. He is, um, uh, he's a father in our city. He goes to the neighborhood church. Um, But I want you to, I'm going to have him share a little bit. I want you to share with us, take us back to the 1960s and prayer and where Gaylord Ends, the younger version of Gaylord Ends was. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, much younger. 1965, I was in my second year at Chico State. It was my fall semester. I was in a crisis of faith. 
I grew up in a Christian home. Life went off the rails. I resurrendered at 18, but struggled. I didn't do the Christian thing easily. And uh, so I am actually losing the battle of faith. I was going to church. I was involved in uh, Christian campus ministry, attending campus ministry. I was doing all the right things, but losing the battle. Vietnam was cooking like crazy. The beatnik movement had turned into the hip movement. Um, and God is dead was that kind of the cry that was going out across our nation. And every class I went into, I was hearing about secular humanism. And they would say things like, God didn't make you, you made God. The only God that exists is in the capillaries of your mind. There's no real God. Um, it, it's, um, uh, the Bible is a book filled with myths, and uh, no one should believe it in this season of life in where we are. And honestly, it was beginning to, to literally remove me from faith. They would say, you know, some people need religion. Science is the bullseye, but some people need religion because they need a crutch. And if you need a crutch, sorry about that, do the best you can. Um, I came to that fall, I came to a crisis of faith. I'm walking onto campus one day to study, and in my mind I said this, if Christianity is just a crunch, I'm going to quietly drop out. No one will miss me. But in the next split second, I heard something come up out of the inside that said, but God, if you're real, I want to know you and totally give myself to you. <laughs> Both of those things were so spontaneous in that moment. But what happened in the weeks and months that followed, I was in total revival. Two things happened. I had a desire for the Word, and I went, got my little paperback, Good News for Modern Man. I started reading it, reading it again, rereading it, underlining. I mean, I would end up with the whole pages yellow and just saying, this is so good. If everybody did this, the world would be a, a different place. I was seeing things in Scripture I'd never seen before. The second thing, I had a desire to pray. I was working my way through college. I did stock and janitor work downtown. So I'd get out at 11, 11.30 at night, and I, would, I discovered a little prayer chapel at 3rd and Salem. It was open 24 hours a day, and I slipped in there. And on that, um, on that wall was the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Uh, where there is hatred, let me so love. And, and I started crying. I just, I said, Lord, this is my heart. And kneeling there in that little, little uh, bench, uh, lighting the votive candles to keep my hands warm. And uh, it, it was uh, an amazing time. God met me in that little chapel. And uh, in that place, I experienced a powerful filling of the Holy Spirit. This released a whole new... Uh, realm of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I, out of that experience, I heard the voice of God for the first time in an extremely clear way. It just changed my life. So anyway, that's what happened to me. And I think, Andrew, I think what I saw, I got hit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think I got hit by an early drop of the Jesus movement that's right. brain. Yep. So. That's right. Now, 
hold on to that because now we're okay. Because I have a oh, you got one. Oh, okay. Thank you, thank you for offering that to oh, me. That yeah. was really okay. nice. It's like offering an ice cream cone to me. Yeah. Um, sometimes you get hungry up here. I don't, I'm not gonna okay. lie. Uh, so, Gaylord, this is part of your story, and I, and I love hearing that, and I've heard it lots of times mm-hmm. before, and it never gets old, because sometimes prayer, we, it's not easy. Like, mm-hmm. it, sometimes we don't have the grace to pray. Mm-hmm. Let's fast forward to recently, because you and I were both feeling kind of similarly yes. that it was kind of hard to pray. Hard and I remember pray. you were in my office, we were mm-hmm. meeting together, yep. and you said, Andrew, please pray for me. I'm having a hard time praying. Yeah, yeah. And so we prayed together. But kind of tell us what the Lord has done more recently to ignite, reignite you, because you and I are both literally yep. ablaze yep. right yep. now for this. And so what happened, that was about six months ago. Yep. And yep. Uh, so a, a strange thing happened. On June 4th, I get a call from someone you know, David Davis. Um, he and Diana had Locksmith, Chico Locksmith Enterprises uh, uh, for uh, many decades, about three decades here in the city. I get a call from Dave. He lives in Fort Bragg now. He says, hi. And I, Dave never calls me. Uh, I try and keep track of him. I call him periodically. But it was like totally out of the blue. Dave, what's happening? He goes, hey, what do you think we should do with that building on First Avenue? Well, they've been out of it for a year. They've had offers to lease it, some really good offers, a cannabis company, wine bar, et cetera, and they turned them down. <laughs> they just, uh, so uh, Dave, so I'm sitting, I'm silent for a while because I'm not expecting this call. Um, and when I spoke, I heard myself say, well, Dave, I think it should be a place of prayer. And Dave goes, that's what I was thinking. This past Monday, we signed the lease. Pray Chico is going to be in that place. And it is going to be a place of prayer for our city, for believers in this city, and actually for some unbelievers who are going to find out what prayer is about for the first time. That's right. Uh, And so we, um, that has been like a huge shift. Well, what's happened is since that time, they gave me a key. And I started going in there, and I invited a few friends to go in. And uh, we have been praying in there uh, many, uh, n- numerous times this week, including this morning. Every congregation and pastor in our city, over 60 of them, were prayed for by name in Pray Chico. We are praying over the city. We're praying over the people that live here. And it, it's like Don with 530 and his incredible vision to see this whole region touched, uh, and people praying together. This is uh, targeted on Chico and the surrounding environments, and we are, we are so thankful for people like Chico House of Prayer, uh, Derek and Heather Sanders, uh, other, um, other uh, just a, there's been a rise of prayer that has yep. been coming up, and yep. we are so grateful for it. So anyway, that's, uh, w- that's what's happening at 571 East First, First Avenue. Avenue. So you're stewarding this space. You are uh, creating prayer meetings. I know there's a prayer mm-hmm. meeting that goes on in the mornings, I think, right? Eight o'clock uh, or seven to eight. S- yeah, seven on, ten. Uh, right? Well, we actually seven start o'clock. formally at seven ten yeah. and go to seven fifty. But it's uh, 
five days a week, Monday through Friday. Yes. So that's going mm-hmm. on, yep. and there'll be increasing yep. hours where it'll just be open. Yep. But as we were praying and thinking, mm-hmm. we thought, hmm, what would it look like to cover our city? So think guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. Think we're in the resistance. Yep. Think how are we going to make a difference in our city? Think what we just talked about from Ephesians 6. Mm-hmm. Ah, what if we took 24-hour period and prayed, and what better time than the end of this month? Tell us about this opportunity, because there's a QR code behind us. October 31st at 6 o'clock. And they, what's happening October? I'm trying to think of what that is. Uh, uh, it's uh, all anyway. Hallows' Eve. Oh, yeah, that, okay. it's the day before All well, Saints Day. You, and some of you wouldn't know this, but um, a, a couple of decades ago, there was such turmoil on that night in our city that we had thousands of police officers come in from all over the region. They met right in this building, and Christians started praying because there was such turmoil on that night. Well, we're going to gather that night. Prayer, the prayer meeting will go from 6 on, on Halloween evening that night on through till 6 o'clock on the 1st of November. We'll pray for safety. We're going to pray for peace. We're going to pray for those people that are in law enforcement, uh, the people that are um, uh, EMTs, we're going to pray for just the the whole region. Pray peace and blessing, and we're going to thank God for what He's done in this month. So people will take spots, uh, hours around the clock, and there'll be multiple people that can be praying. Some will pray in groups, some will pray individually. We have about seven spots that you can pray in the building, and some of them are designed more for individual prayer, some for group prayer. So that'll be going on around the clock. We're also looking for people who will be hosts. We're expanding our bandwidth right now for the leadership of Pray Chico. So bandwidth, or uh, in team language, you'd call it team depth, uh, so that uh, it doesn't rest on the shoulders of just a few people. But there will be people who will sign up to be uh, to host a three-hour segment, either six to nine, nine to midnight. Uh, midnight to three, three to six, and on through the next day. So you can also sign up for that. We'll give you some instruction, show you what to do when people come in and how to help them be comfortable and get them to prayer. It's basically welcoming people. Welcoming at the end of people. The day, right. That's so don't think you're going to be organizing yeah. prayer for three hours. No. The pressure's no, off. We'll give, no, we'll give some guidelines for how people can pray that they can use. So yep. uh, that's yep. there. And then we're going to do a um, watch and pray patrol where we're going to have some people outside during the nighttime, 6 at night till uh, 6 in the morning. We're going to have uh, people, a couple guys out there, or a couple, husband and wife, who are just watching around the outside just to make sure people feel safe. So anyway, One la- So we want you to sign up. Um, this is not a burden. This is a blessing. And really, I don't think a lot of, I mean, this is going to go out organically. Yeah, right. Uh, a lot of the other churches are like, well, we can wait till January to do the group thing. Yeah. We're like, no, we're not waiting till January. Like, yeah, we're right. not doing that. So, so we may have to carry a little bit of the heavy end of the couch here neighborhood where we say, all right, I'll sign up for an hour and go down and pray. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. No, it's a blessing. So the yeah. QR code's there. Yep. Um, one last thing. Gaylord, you've been thinking a lot about blessing. Mm-hmm. And uh, just speak to the fact that some, sometimes uh, I think Christians have a hard time blessing those who haven't decided to make Jesus their boss yet. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very interesting. And, and this is a common conception. You go like, hey, I don't know if I can bless them because their life's not perfect. 
<laughs> Never know. Okay. Don't bless me then. Uh, I, know, I know some problems that they have. Um, but interestingly enough, when Peter is responding after the healing of the lame person in Acts chapter 3, he says that God sent Jesus, his son, to bless us, come on, to bless us yep. by turning us away from our wicked ways. So part of blessing people, when you bless me and I bless you, part of what we're saying is, Lord, if there's any way in me that doesn't align with you, line it up. <laughs> Get it aligned with you. So blessing is not saying everything in your life is perfect. What it's saying is God wants to bless you, and included in that is not only him fulfilling his plans and purposes in your life, but it is also changing us in any area that needs to be changed to align with him. Yeah, that's so good. Thanks, Gaylord. Appreciate it a ton. Okay, I got a little tiny message for you now, but the good news is I have next week to be able to cover the rest of chapter 2. Uh, and then we'll move on to chapter 3 the next week. Um, C.S. Lewis said this, Since it is so likely that children will, will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Otherwise, you are making their destiny not brighter, but darker. There's a sense that sometimes we try to shield even ourselves, not just our children, but ourselves from anything that has to do with the enemy of our soul. And we think maybe if we just ignore him, he'll go away. Um, and that's how the enemy has such a strong foothold in our culture, because we're not paying attention. We're asleep at the switch. The Bible's really clear for us to be aware of the enemy's schemes. He is prowling like a roaring lion, waiting to devour us if we're not careful. And so we don't want to be unaware of the enemy's schemes. And as we're going through the book of Colossians, um, I'm just going to go through just two quick verses here because it ties in with what we're talking about, and then we're gonna, we'll continue the conversation next week. So let me go forward here. We're in this first, we're, we're finishing this first part of, of the book in Doctrine. Uh, just a little nugget for you. Um, there's a tri-city area, Laodicea, Hierapolis, and Colossae. Laodicea was known for trade and business and politics. Hierapolis was kind of like a vacation getaway, so it was like health, pleasure, re relaxation. And Colossae was just kind of this small town on the road. And in Colossians 6, we talked about it, receiving Christ as Lord. Uh, this is a tradition language, that you received a tradition, you received a teaching uh, from someone. And in this case, we know also receiving Christ is surrendering to Him and making Him Lord. Um, and there, we found one imperative verb last week. So far in this whole book, we've just been learning doctrine, but there was one thing we were supposed to do, and that is to walk with Jesus. Continue to live your lives in Him. In other words, to walk with Him. And so that was what we were asking last week. This next verse in the passage, See to it that no one takes you captive or kidnaps you through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition, and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So this philosophy, this word for philosophy, even the Jewish uh, scholars would call 
Judaism a philosophy. It's not just Socrates and Plato and, and Greek philosophy. And what kind of philosophy is this? Well, it's a philosophy that is directly in opposition with the gospel. The gospel is the word of truth. We see that in one six. This says this philosophy is deception. The gospel is Christ rescuing us and liberating us. We see that in 1 verses 3 and 14, 13 and 14. And this is telling us that it actually takes us captive or makes us slaves. It's diametrically opposite to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And this human tradition, it's the same language as receiving. We received a, tra- a tradition, um, but it wasn't a tradition. We received a person, Jesus, as our Lord. This is receiving just a human idea. And these things, they're not just human. Behind the human, our battle's not against flesh and blood. Remember that part? Behind the human are these elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. So what's going on? Bible nerd moment. Stoicheia. Some of, some, you're going to see basic principles of the world. This is the ABCs of the things that are important in the world. Elementary principles of the world. But in several different um, translations, we see the elemental spirits of the universe. And as we look at this historically, even second century, third century, this was always, this word was all about these spirit beings that are in the unseen realm. And both non-Jews and Jews would refer with this word to spirits. And by the way, this is linked to some of that language um, in Ephesians 6, right? This powers of the dark world. So we see this in Colossians 2, verses 8 and 20, but we also see it in Galatians 4, where it says, we also were underage, we were immature before we were in Christ, and we were under, in slavery under the elemental forces, spiritual forces of the world. Drop down to verse 8. Formerly, you did not know God, you were slaves to those who were by nature uh, Those who by nature are not gods, but now you know God, or rather, you are known by God. How is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? This is that word stoicheia. Um, Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? So, interesting in this book, baked in, into the worldview, Paul's going, hey, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes, guys. We got to keep our eyes open. We need to be aware. And from a general term. I'll just take you to this. What, who are these stoicheia? They're demons. They're spirit beings that are doing wrong things. It's more complicated than that, but let 1 Corinthians 10 be your guide in that way, that when there's an idol, a false god, and people are worshiping them, it's demons behind it. Do you ever wonder why in the world would these people uh, worship a statue? Does that ever seem kind of dumb to you? Like, oh, what's going on? Newsflash, they were only worshiping that statue because there was some spirit being doing something in power, pulling them in. No one worships a piano. You don't. Why? Because it never does anything. But what if it spoke to you? Would you begin to think different? You wouldn't worship it, but right? You go, whoa, that piano's talking right now. Wow, when I asked that piano for something, it delivered. It's something just happened. There's power here. These false gods are spirit beings in the supernatural, and they are manifesting. That's why for all these centuries, you think, what? How dumb these people are. No, no, no. 
No, no, no. If you've ever encountered someone who has some um, demonic uh, oppression going on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Going, whoa, 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 there's something going on. When I encountered a 15-year-old girl when I was doing youth ministry, and she began to talk like this, and I'm like, oh, this is not a normal youth group. Uh, all of a sudden you go, I better, I better understand more about the spirit realm right now. I don't have time. And then that story didn't end there because she came after me with a pair of scissors. True story. You begin to realize you better learn a little bit more about the spirit world. But most of the time, the enemy doesn't want to overplay his hand like that. He doesn't want you to see how bad he is and how much he wants to kill you. He wants to deceive you and keep you comfortable keep you from praying, keep you busy, even busy with ministry. Because you're a real threat if you begin to be a part of the resistance and start praying. Last verse, and then I promise I'm going to let you go home. Although we're early, so it's great. Colossians 2 verse 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. A hundred percent God, a hundred percent man. And in Christ, we have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. We have the fullness of Christ living in us. Those of us who have surrendered to Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we have the fullness of God living and working and resourcing us. That's why your prayers are so powerful. Because you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies, Ephesians says means that you're, you got all of the, the equipment, all of the resources, everything you need. In a lot of ways, this last verse in Ephesians 6 that we started with, the, the idea of praying the word, is like an airstrike. It's like Paul didn't have the, the terms for airstrike, right? He didn't have like planes that dropped specific things. But as we pray, that's what happens. We begin to see God very surgically change things. And we don't have to worry about the enemy because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He's given us authority. Oh, and oh, by the way, he is the head over every power and authority, archon and exousias. These are the same two words along the way. These spirit beings, he's the head. He's not the tail. He calls the shot and he empowers us. It's such a great book. I just want to encourage you this week, read Colossians 2, because we will surf through the rest of the book from about chapter 10 through 23. Got some really fun stuff to share with you. I have it already, but today's not the day. I had actually built in an extra week, so we're not in a hurry. We're going to enjoy Colossians because it is inspired by God. What do I want you to remember this morning? I want you to remember that He is above all things. He is supreme over all things. He's the creator of these evil, these spirits that are doing evil things. And we can trust him. And we have all authority has been given to us. And we access that authority through prayer. That's where the real battle gets done. And so if you'd stand, I want to um, close, speak a blessing over you. Prayer folks, if you'd come forward. If you didn't get prayed for enough earlier, but wait, there's more. We would love to pray for you uh, down front if there's something that is on your heart. Um, 
it's so important for you to share your, let us walk with you and get under those big rock burdens that you have. Let us carry those with you in prayer, all right? So Jesus, thank you um, for calling us into the resistance. Uh, May this be the rise of the resistance. May we be a people that will uh, have grace to pray. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would light our hearts on fire as in intercession and that we would see great miracles, signs, wonders, and a move of God in our day. Thank you, God. You're already moving. You're already doing things. We want to be a part of what you're doing. And so we choose in, Jesus. We say yes to what you want. Thank you for each person here and who are, uh, those who are, are listening on the stream. I pray a blessing on this church family meeting far and wide. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you next week.